you're listening to the Poster Boy Podcast. Our mission is to help young entrepreneurs in small-town America start, grow, and manage 21st century businesses. Are you ready? Let's get started. All right, hi, this is Chad. Hey, and this is Drew. Today, we're going to do another quote. It's by John D. Rockefeller, and it says, Don't be afraid to give up the good to go for the great. You know, I, I love that. And I want to know what your what your opinion is on this quote and how it affected you. Maybe I can. Well, this is an interesting quote for me because I think I've taken it a little further than than most people would or should. I'm not really sure how else to do it other than just to, to tell my story about what I did and exactly how it's it's applied to my life and to my company and how it's gotten to me to where I am today. But so back in 2002 to 2006, uh, I was in college in a school in Chicago. And I never declared a major, okay, when I first started. And you have to declare a major to determine what classes you have. But I knew what I was doing. I was taking, I was getting a degree in business. And so I didn't, when it came time to declare my major, I did it my last semester of my senior year. Well, it turns out some things had changed and I didn't have all the classes that I now needed to finish a degree, whatever. I was going to be like a semester short. So at that point, I started doing some evaluating on what I really learned in college. And the, the truth is, I didn't learn very much. Okay. And in all honesty, it was 100% my fault just because I didn't apply myself because not a lot of it interested me. Um, the, the classes that I did care about were the, you know, the entrepreneurship classes and some of the operational management classes, those things interest me. But otherwise, I didn't, didn't think too much of it. And at this point, I'd already started my company. And even though I wasn't doing very well yet, I had this, and again, you know, as you, as you have thoughts about your past, it's amazing what you think about when you're in the present and you're thinking about your old self and you're like, what was I thinking? Right. But so I just knew that I was going to be successful. Okay. Now, how I have no idea. I probably had like $80 in my bank account at the time, but I decided that it was a, it would be the best decision for me to quit college because when I was successful, I didn't want them taking any of the credit for it. Okay. Now, obviously, this decision did not go over very well with anyone that I knew. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) my parents thought it was an awful decision. My friends, awful decision. Uh, Really, actually, I don't think there's a single person that was like, yeah, dude, really good decision. I don't think there's a single person that said that to me. Um, But one thing that I did know was that college was prepping me to do one thing. Uh, even though I didn't apply myself very well, it still had an objective. And that was to teach me how to be a great employee and to get a job, right? And, you know, the word job stands for just over broke, for those of you out there that don't know, because a job is amazing at figuring out the threshold of keeping you there. You pay people weekly, okay? And it's the reason that you don't give bonuses that are life-changing, okay? is because most people don't enjoy what they do. Okay, and if they had enough money to make a decision on whether they wanted to do it or not, guess what they would decide to do? Probably not to do it. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. So therefore, if you pay out too much, you're going to end up paying a lot and then having no help. Okay, it's really, really a bad scenario. So that's why you pay people a little bit more than they need. That allows them to make a little bit of progress in their life. And then you dangle a carrot. And that's that's really how the job world works. And it's very unfortunate. But. It just is what it is. And it's a system that, you know, it keeps people in line and it it keeps them operating in a lane and doing the right thing. But, you know, I think for people that are in that world, and and that was the world I was in at the time 
uh, before I quit, I had, I was putting on roofs. Um, I had a great mentor, but at the same time, I was still putting on roofs on houses. And I'm not to mention, I'm scared of heights. So you can imagine every day was terrifying. Oh, wow. So you just, <laughs> yeah, you know, as, uh, yeah. as, as, um, petrifying and as funny as that sounds, can you, do you think people enjoy sitting in front of a computer for eight hours a day with their shoulders hunched over, you know, looking at spreadsheets or sending emails? I've always wondered and thought maybe people have a little bit more passion in their lives that go beyond just doing what they're doing. But for you, it's a very real one. Like we can laugh at it and it's funny, but climbing roofs all day and you're afraid of heights, it seems like the world's biggest analogy. Well, here's the thing. So when I was putting roofs on houses, the reason that I was willing to do it, uh, and by the way, I did roofs during the day and then I was a server at night. So one would wonder uh, when I went to class, which the answer is within that statement. Okay. So, not very often. But um, the, the thing I've learned is that anytime you're doing something, you really want to maximize what you're getting for your time. Okay. And so for me personally, I, I wanted to work on posters, but I needed, I needed money because I wasn't making money. And so by roofing during the day, it was very clear I got paid on what I did. So to give you an example, like if you were putting on a bundle of shingles, right? And this is going to be a very small pe- world of people that even understand this, right? But if you have a bundle of shingles, whenever we would put those on with a hammer and a nail, we would get $10 per bundle. So the way I saw it is if I could go there at 7 a.m. and finish by one and put 15 bundles on, it would give me $150. Then I would be able to go home, get any schoolwork I needed to turn in, just knock whatever I could out and give my, you know, the least amount of effort possible to get, you know, a D. And then I would go wait tables at nighttime and try and make another $150 or $100, right? And I was trying to make a couple hundred dollars a day, two, $300 a day and save all of this money so I would be able um, you know, to get off the ground. But then I realized that what I was doing would just never get me to where I was going. And you know what's funny is in life, you somehow find a way to spend all of the money that you have access to. I don't even know how to explain it, but as a young person, it's like, you're more willing to buy things that you want because you don't have the discipline to know better. And so I was no different, but you know, going back to quitting college and not being afraid to give up the good to go for the great, that was the first time I did it. Right. Or the first thing that I really did that I like really went forward. But the other thing that I did and drew, I don't think we've ever talked about this, but when I was a server at a really nice restaurant. So first of all, I I quit, quit roofing. I I was doing, you know, I'd, I'd figured out enough in my business to make a little bit of money, but I hadn't, I definitely wasn't making enough to survive but I didn't really need the roof at that point. So I was just waiting tables. I was working one night and it was on a Saturday night and we were on a two hour wait. And I had this table, I don't know what they did, but it was something like they, you know, I was pretty diligent about, do you need ranch? Do you need this? Do you need that? But whenever I took their orders, so I wasn't running wild, right? And then this table, they needed something else from me. And then I, I don't know, maybe I made a comment or something, but then they complained. And, you know, I just got so frustrated and we're on a two hour wait and I walk in the middle of the food alley where we get the food to, to do it. And I looked up and I was like, you know what? I've had enough of this. So I just took all my stuff off. I dropped it all in the middle of the aisle and I walked right out the front door, right in the middle of a shift on a two hour wait. And <laughs> so, yeah, I know. Again, I don't recommend this. OK, but I'm just telling you what I did to give it yeah. up. So then when I walked out, I called my dad. OK, and I said, he goes, hey, I thought you were working. I was like, no, I just quit. And he goes, what are you going to do? I was like, I'm going to sell some posters. He's like, you haven't sold very many. I was like, yeah, but I'm going to figure it out now. And he goes, so why not give two weeks? And I was like, well, 
two weeks would mean that I could go back or I could use them as a reference or, you know, if I wanted to get another waiting table job, because that's the only place I've really worked. And I said, so I just, he goes, oh, so, so you're telling me you just wanted to give up your only reference in a nice restaurant. So your only fallback option and you quit school. Oh, awesome, Chad. You're really going down a, you know, a great road of making sound decisions. And, you know, it's looking back, that was probably the exact thing he should have said to me. But the truth is, the way I saw it was the only way I was ever going to be motivated to do posters was if I didn't have any other source of income. I wanted to put myself up against the wall and just see what I was made of. You know, and again, I started chipping away one thing at a time. I found I found a way to spend a lot less money, you know, and I found creative ways to do things. And I ate a lot of peanut butter and crackers and Chef Boyardee, which I don't eat either of which today. <laughs> <laughs> well, beyond, beyond your diet probably being uh, crapped at that point, I, I think uh, this is inspirational because it's there's almost this inward recognition that if you're going to be successful, you really have to focus and you have to commit to doing that one thing, uh, put in the hard work and commit 150% to just that one thing. And you didn't give yourself a safety net. You said there is no going back. There is only one path forward. There is success in my path because I shed the weight of everything else that felt safe. And I wonder is I wonder, can you comment about, you know, like that 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 moment of fear, that jump, right? Like I'm sure I'm sure in the middle of a two hour wait, it, maybe there was a bit of anger, or you were pissed off and you just said "eff it." But yeah. um, you know, like I'm sure there was a moment of fear where you thought, "Man, I can't do this." But then it transitioned into, "Well, I guess now I have to do this." Well, yeah, I, and I, I think it's a really good question because I think a lot of people out there. Well, first of all, let me just tell you, when I walked out that door that night, the only thing I was filled with was adrenaline. <laughs> yep. I cannot believe I just did that. Yep. You know, oh man, I'm never even going to be able to eat here again. You know, like that was all I was thinking, and I really love their food, so there <laughs> was a whole lot of stuff going on. But, but when I go back to it, and and you look back, yes, absolutely. I mean, that next week, that you know, I didn't have. You know, it's funny. I really did not have much money, okay? And I'm, I'm pretty sure I documented it like whenever I left. I had probably 700 bucks in the bank, you know? And it was like at the time, I thought it was so much, I was going to be fine. And you, it, it's gone so fast. And so, you know, you, you do have this fear that you're not going to make it, you know? And the funny thing is, and it's not really funny, but you have this self-doubt, right? And because anyone who's starting a business and they've never done it before, I mean, that's really the key. They've never done it before, right? So the first time you rode a bike you had to have training wheels, you know, there were all of these assistance things that help you get comfortable with it. And, you know, in the entrepreneurship world, you, you don't really take your training wheels off unless you do it on your own. Okay. And that was for me personally, uh, when I started learning and I kept learning, the problem is, is that while I was learning, I wasn't making much. And so I had to learn faster, you know, and then I found myself reading a lot of books and specifically biographies. And, you know, to even narrow it down more, biographies about people that did things that were really hard. You know, uh, one of my first biographies that I ever read that I love to this day was Sam Walton, who built Walmart, you know, and um, he had so many people that you know didn't think he would make it and this and that. And now he built a standard that today, you know, every global retail company operates in the same distribution model that he has. You know, you can get he has a distribution center within like, I don't know, an hour or three hours of every single store 
uh, that he has. And but he he was he was willing to to chance it. You know, I don't really know how I don't want to go into too much about Sam Walton, but he had a Ben Franklin before that, which was another store where they just sold a bunch of you know, like the old Walmarts before they had groceries, that was all they sold. And he figured out a way to do it better. And he was willing to give it all up and do it on his own. And so those stories reminded me that there are good outcomes. You know, unfortunately, there aren't enough good outcomes because people don't understand what it takes to get there. And that's the hardest part of, you know, giving up the good because the good is the comfort zone, right? It's living in that zone of, you feel comfortable with the money you're making. You feel comfortable with the car you drive, the, you know, your standard of living, you know, and, and, and those things. And for some people, it's and look, remember, to each his own. Right. Like what I want is not the same as what Drew wants, which is not the same as, you know, what one of our other friends, you know, Drew, one of our friends is his name's Ron. He's a web developer, has a web development company. And we, we all have different wants. And so. You know, by identifying those things, what whatever's great to Drew might be different than what's great to Chad. You know, for me, when I started, I knew one thing that I wanted to do something on a big scale because it was hard and I wanted something fun to work on. Okay. Because it would just keep me entertained and it always challenges me. And so, you know, today we have offices all over the United States and we actually, it's, it's really funny, Drew, before we got on to record this podcast today, we are uh, setting up a crew in Toronto this weekend. And literally we had our, our uh, we have a girl who works for us. Her name is Melissa and she travels and trains our new crews. And she was traveling over the border into Canada and she, her and a guy working with her were being held in a holding cell while they inspected oh, our frames. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, but, you know, it's, it's the fact that, you know, when I first started, I had one little thing and I didn't even have a printer and I was, you know, having to get them printed from a local shop. And then we were driving around and delivering our posters to today. We have offices all over the U.S. We have one starting in Canada this weekend. You know, the first weekend of December, we will be set, uh, starting our first location in Mexico City. And, you know, there's just so much, so much more out there for us. You know, we figured out how to communicate in different languages and we have offices in Mexico and in, in Indonesia and we hire translators weekly to help us with these things, you know, but, but, but for me, for anyone out there listening, what I want you to know is that it all started really, 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 really small. And I just kept chipping away. And I had a dream of having something big quote that I that I said last week about you can tell a lot about a business by the quality of its problems. Right. So in the beginning, my problem was, a, how do I get an event? B, how am I even going to print these things, right? C, how do I make them? You know, and then, it, and you know, how do I deliver them? Whereas today it's like, how do we, how do we get our, how, well, first of all, how do we set up a Canadian business license? How do we get an importer number, right? How do we get our goods and services over the border if we're taking them ourselves? How do we clear customs? You know, how do we communicate with someone on the other side of the world who knows no English and I know no Indonesian? How do you get rent there? You know, how do you lower the cost of design by using this? How do you bring more services to the business? Right. And these are problems that we're dealing with today. And I'm sure that the next level of problems will be, you know, I, I don't really know what they are. You know, how do you bring on additional marketing dollars? I mean, Drew, you can even talk about some of the the struggles that you've gone through in starting and, and what you've brought to the table for us, because we put ourselves again we're the sum of the people we spend the most time with, right? And now you are someone who I spend a lot of time with and we learn so much from you and you've taught us about being able to find marketing dollars, things we never even knew existed, but we had built the perfect infrastructure yeah, and for it. <clears throat> I'll, I'll 
give you that sweet answer, but let me tease you with a question first, Chad, <laughs> because and you almost took the words right out of my mouth. And it was, uh, imagine right now someone listening, they're, they're 16, 17, 18, and they're looking at their first business. And let's, re- let's rephrase the question. Don't be afraid to give up the good to go for the great. Let's rephrase that too. It's okay to settle with mediocrity. Would you? How uninspiring would it sound to hear someone say that? It's okay to settle with mediocrity. So the question is, how do you? What it took for you to go from the little guy with seven hundred dollars in the bank to where you are today? Is it the same? grit, hard work, effort that's going to take you from where you are now to a multinational global organization. Do you think it's the same approach? Never giving up, never settling with good and going for great. And I think I know the answer to that. I'll let you speak to that. And then I'll tell you exactly how I think that this marketing thing that we're doing is really driving innovation. And in particular, how we're not settling with good and going for great. Okay, so man, you know, loaded such a loaded question. question That's what right? I do, <laughs> uh, right? And the answer will be even even more uh, loaded. So, this is the reassurement that I want to give to everyone out there listening that is looking to start a company from scratch. Okay, their very first company, they're starting from scratch. So here's the way the process works, and and just please keep in mind that I'm still learning this. Okay, like I'm in the middle of this, but what I've found is that the more you learn and the more of an expert you become in an industry, you start learning how to find specific experts that you need to help you in your industry. Okay, so I might be an, an expert in youth sports, but I need an expert in marketing. I need an expert in web development. I need an expert in logistics. I need an expert in international law. I need an expert into translation, right, into different languages, okay? But so so I've started finding that by surrounding yourself by those people, you're able to achieve a lot more. OK, and then in addition to that, as you achieve certain levels of success and it's not so much about monetary success, that's what's really interesting about this. OK, it's about achieve, understanding did you achieve what you set out to achieve? Right. So for me personally, by achieving pretty much blanketed coverage of the United States, that really gives me a little bit of credibility because I had an objective that was larger than most people's biggest dream and I achieved it, whether or not I achieved it profitably or not actually is, is not a part of the story that only matters to, to my family and the people that I'm trying to support. Okay. But what's so much more valuable in the end is the story itself. Okay. And the how, because that's the part that people struggle with. But then, you know, when you give up good to go for great, well then, you know, what was, what was good in the beginning, what mediocrity to me in the beginning was, was settling for being a server my whole life. Right. But today, what we've built, it, it, it is great. Right. But if you were to ask, um, you know, one of our investors who, whose name's Peter Folio, who built Nextel International in Mexico and had 17,000 employees, I would be what he would consider mediocre. OK. And so you're, you, you start understanding different levels of it. And so the way I see being able to achieve the next level of great for myself is by taking the knowledge that I've learned and understanding that most businesses, uh, you apply the same fundamentals, okay? And so now today, I can take any, all of the knowledge that I've gained by building a national network, and, you know, and, and over time, it'll end up being global. Um, 
by building all of this and I could apply it to any other company, right? So now I have different opportunities for partnerships. Companies want me to come in and be a partner in their company because they want my knowledge, right? So they're willing to give up ownership. So this helps take me to another level and it allows me to continue honing and, you know, fine tuning my skills and leveling up. I get, you know, if you were to use it like in an, you know, in a gaming sense, like you, you continue to level up and, and at, you know, like, so, so a project that Peter worked on, you know, I'm not even sure how much of this stuff I can even share, but whatever, you know, the people out there can enjoy this. Peter, um, he did a project in the Caribbean islands. When I hear his stories, they remind me of how much I still have to learn. And that's what's so great about business, unlike sports, right? So I'm going to use a friend of mine as an example, and, and his name is Bobby Portis. And he played for the Chicago Bulls and the Washington Wizards. And now this year, he's going to play for the New York Knicks. And actually, I'm going to see him uh, next week out in New York. And, um, one of the things that he, you know, explained to me was we were talking about money and, you know, contracts and things like this. And he talked about how for them, the reason that making so much money in a short period of time is so important is because they have such a short work span. Okay. So like, whereas Drew, you and I can build a company and operate it for the next 50 years they really have like a three to three to 10 year window max to make a lifetime worth of income. Okay. And so that's the reason that it's so important that they get paid, uh, you know, at the level they do because they're trying to protect their craft. They've spent all their time learning this, but see the difference is, is that we have chosen, you know, entrepreneurship and, and hopefully everyone out there that's listening to this will go down that path because it provides a lifetime of education, a lifetime of self-growth and self-development. And you will always, always on New Year's Eve, wish you knew everything this year that you knew last year. Paragraph, I'm still learning this. That's probably my takeaway quote for the day. Because, and I, when we talk about the action plan and what people can do right now to start this very thing, I'm sure you'll touch on this. But it's education. And you asked the question before, you know, about my entrepreneurial journey and how how it's come across the crossroads of working with you. It is that I started out as a waiter. I did that for, I think I said, five or six years. And I had a kid on the way. I needed to elevate my life, right? There's no greater motivator than a, a, a one-day-old who needs everything and, and you have nothing. And I realized, I recognized that the only way I was going to get from good to go to great was hard work and education. And I put my head down. I watched every YouTube video I could. I got Udemy classes. I bought books. I bought biographies just like you do, Chad. And I put my head down and I put the hard work in and I just started. And it, it was a long path between here and there. But this this journey of entrepreneurship, I think you've touched on having a network of people that you're connected with. But I think if you're going to be partnered with someone, if you're going to work with people, if you're going to put people in that very exclusive list of people you call friends, they need to be the kind of people that want to go from good to great. Because if you surround yourself with people who are stagnant, who, who, who maybe need more than they offer or give, it's only going to pull you down. So I know that education is something we'll talk about, but I wonder if there's a a comment or two from Chad about surrounding yourself with people who similarly believe that they want to go from good to great. Yeah, absolutely. I think, again, it's about understanding, you know, each person's carrot, right? And so as you 
you get people around you, you want people. And, and by the way, I just want to put a side note out there for, you know, a, a little comment about Drew and myself. Neither of us have college degrees. Yes. Okay. But yet you will hear that both of us strongly believe in education. If we'll someone will look at their yellow legal pad and they oh, wrote yeah, down yeah, to be a photographer. Yeah. You know what? You can go out, you could buy a, a mid range camera. You could take a couple of photos, but maybe you buy a book at the same time and teach yourself how to take really good photos. Education is part of it. I mean, um, you, yeah. you have to learn how to lift weights correctly, right? You have to learn how to eat properly, right? So education is a, a crucial part of it. And oftentimes, Absolutely. education is the free part. Well, Drew, something I want to add on as far as education, um, I think the, f- the most important thing you can learn in the beginning is educate wow. how to motivate yourself. Okay, because self-motivation is the number one thing you need when you're not being told what to do. So you have to learn, like, what is it that motivates you? You know, or you know, really learn who you are and don't sugarcoat things. Don't paint, you know, this picture that's not that's not the case. Like if you're, you know, I did this a lot in the beginning, Drew. I don't know if, we've, if I've ever talked to you about this, but in the very beginning, um, when I was really struggling, and I mean, when I say bad, it was really bad. Uh, you know, when people would ask me how I was doing, I would always say great, right? And I had like come up with this great story. It was elaborate, you know, that just sold people on. And the story, it wasn't, it, here's the thing. I said it because I wanted to believe it and I wanted it to become a reality. It wasn't about being deceitful, but at the same time, I wasn't, being honest about, you know, my situation, like I wasn't doing well, I was doing really, really, really bad. And it was a a scary time in my life. But those are the, you know, the times when you learn about you and you start chipping away and doing things that are right. And, you know, that that's really how it all works. But, um, you know, just going back to the education levels and and all of those things, like learning to educate yourself is is key. And, you know, Drew, something else that you mentioned, if you're talking about, you know, a photographer, right? And if we're using that as an example, and you talk about getting a book on photography, well, you know, while you're there, why not get a book on how to be a blogger, right? And then learn how to take your photography business and combine it with being, you know, a professional blogger. And so you're able to kill two birds in one stone, right? So you might take professional pictures, but if you, in the meantime, don't have people, or if you, let's say you're wanting to do portraits, right? If you if you don't have someone to take it of, well, maybe you could do some landscape photography. And I mean, Drew, you and I have had this, you know, or, or and I say you and I, Drew. Uh, I'll give him this credit. Has had the idea of taking photos of youth baseball parks and blogging about them and creating web traffic and then being able to monetize the traffic, which is something I've never done or would have never thought of. And I'm the person at the parks every single weekend all over the United States, you know. But you take Drew and you're able to combine some of these ideas and then you learn how to think. And so the next time that I give someone advice, I'm taking the advice that I have and the advice that I've learned and, and knowledge I've learned from Drew and I'm combining it and I'm passing it on to the next generation, right? And so you want your next generation, whether it's your kids or, or people that look up to you or you know anyone really, it doesn't matter. You want, um, sorry, as I'm saying this, I thought of a quote that I, I said as a young, uh, to my sister, I have a younger sister. And when she was really young, I, I said, you have to be careful what footprints yeah, you leave no, behind because someone so might follow, right? <laughs> so I just I just had to throw that out there. But 
<laughs> I think so. Because look, as as we as we learn and gain this knowledge, the, the real key is sharing the knowledge. It's not hoarding it and, and it dying off with you. It's about sharing it with the younger generation, hoping that they can minimize the mistakes and level up faster than you did. Because if they can level up faster than you, then theoretically, if they pass that knowledge on, the next generation should be able to level up faster than them. And what we're doing is we're really enhancing what it means to be human and we're creating higher levels of efficiency within within you know again being human and so over time if you if you think all the way back you know and listen i haven't done a ton of research on history i it was one of the f's i received not a d but an f uh, but if you go all the way back to like the caveman era you know if you think about all the things that they did they slowly and surely got more efficient right one learned how to make a bow and arrow well then he was able to teach his kids how to make a bow and arrow and so then one learns how to make a gun and they teach their kids how to make a gun right then all of a sudden People are making, you can get guns, you know, now so much faster and it's easier to hunt. And then we learned we don't even have to kill the animals that way. We can just raise them. Right. And so then now that they learned that, we found that we can control the food supply. Right. And there's just so many things that have happened in, in the human. We're here to share this knowledge with people who are eager to learn because we think we've got a thing or two to say about it. When you mix these ideas together, I, I hope that a aspiring entrepreneur or uh, a 20 something or 30 something going on their second or third wind looking for that transition in their life they're able to pull away that hard work and just pure and simple we can't say any better than than you know JD Rockefeller don't be afraid to go give up the good to go for the great so Jed what about some action items what do we want people to whip out their their pen and paper and start doing today right now yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think number one thing is to list out the things that you're doing, okay, you're currently doing, whether it's work related, whether it's school related, really list out your day. Okay, and you can do a day, you can do it as a week or a month or a year, however you want to do it, right? Then um, on a secondary page, you want to list the things that you wish you were doing. Okay, so let's just say every day I'm working right from 8am to 8pm, but I really wish I was on a softball team, right? Or something like that, right? You want to list all the things that you wish you were doing. Maybe you were canoeing more, maybe you were playing golf more, things like that. Then you want to figure out what is it, what exactly is holding you back? Okay, so from that thing, if you're, if you're working eight to eight and, you, and you're not able to do things, right? So you want to figure out what is it that's holding you back exactly? And then you want to start trying to be creative and, and create goals. Like if your goal is to play golf once a week, well, you have to start, when would you like that to happen? So if my goal is to play golf once a week by, I don't know, March 1st, right? Then over the next three months, my goal is to play golf at least once per month. Okay, and start chipping away at small goals. And you have to figure out how you're going to do that. And you eventually want your schedule to be built around things that you want to do. Okay, you want your life to be built around that way and really focusing and working on things that you love. Okay, so now if there are things that you're currently doing that you don't like doing, we have to start finding ways to, to stop doing them, number one, and substitute them out with the things that we want to do. And so, you know, if I can give just a very basic example, you know, and I mentioned golf, but if if let's just say that you want to play more golf and one of the, the hurdles in your way is that it's just too expensive to play consistently, right? So, and let's just say uh, we're, we're working, you know, for me personally, a job I had in high school was I was a cart pusher at Walmart, right? So if that's the case, maybe, maybe the solution for you is to get a job at a golf course and be a caddy, but then you could start playing golf after you get off work for free if you discuss that whenever you're interviewing. And it would be a way to start chipping away at the things that you love doing and it's just about being creative and figuring it all out. You know, at, at the end of the day, everything that you can ever imagine is possible. Okay. You just have to be willing to be creative and not give up.
Okay, you have to be willing to give up the good to go for the great. Okay, and and the great is living life on your terms, living life and your schedule being exactly what you want. But you know, Drew, with that, I'll, I'll take us into uh, you know our ending quote, which is what we will begin with tomorrow. And you know, it's a quote that we're actually it's, it's an anonymous quote we're assuming because we can't figure out who said it. But it's a business is like a plant. With the right amount of sunlight and water, it will grow into something beautiful. This has been another episode of the Poster Boy Podcast, brought to you by utproducts.com. Find and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at theposterboybook.com to grab your copy of the book.